It's always wonderful as an artist to give a little background to why you make what you make and why you're excited about it and what were your motivations. I listen to audiobooks, so I know how talented and gifted these men and women are, but not my book. Uh-uh. This is my book. <laughs> I will read my book. Apparently, no Polish city did I know how to pronounce. So, Łódź, I was calling Lodz. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet writer and illustrator Mari Andrew speaker and journalist Antonio Neves, and author and professor Emily Rapp Black. Go behind the mic with these authors and hear what inspired them to write their books and the ins and outs of what it was like for them to narrate their own work. Enjoy. Hi, this is Mari Andrew, author of Am I There Yet? I wrote my book because during my 20s, I felt like I really had no direction. And I know that's kind of a duh. A lot of people don't have much direction in their 20s, but I felt like I especially didn't. I felt like I had all this passion and enthusiasm, and I just didn't know where to put it. So what I did, which I wouldn't recommend, is I looked to a lot of external sources for my identity and direction and things to validate me. I would move to a new city and think, okay, this is my identity now. I would start dating someone and think, okay, I'm, I'm this person's girlfriend now. I really didn't take a lot of self-initiation to really create my own new direction, something that I hadn't seen before. And from the outside, it seems like all of my friends really had it together. A lot of people in my life were really moving forward on these very straight-seeming paths, and I just couldn't really get my own path squared away and really visible before me. It wasn't until my father died that I really started to take initiation and create my own type of happiness. As corny as it sounds, you are the only person who can really make yourself happy. And that was a lesson I learned in my late 20s. I don't know if that's early or late in life, but it was really fundamental to me going forward and carving my own path and ultimately becoming a writer and artist, which I love. So happiness is really an inside job. And I wanted to communicate that to people who also felt like their path was a little fuzzy. I wanted to write a book that I wish I'd had when I was 23. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be compassionate. I wrote a lot of this book when I was a lot younger. I wrote the first essay 10 years ago. And it's really interesting to actually say a lot of the words that I've never really said out loud. I, I wrote a lot of these essays when I was home alone. I've never really said a lot of this to other people. And it made me very compassionate to my former self. I learned a lot about who she was at the time, and it made me a little more empathetic to a lot of the choices I made a few years ago that I would make differently now. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a lot of words I thought I knew how to pronounce, like futile. Deluge tripped me up. Labyrinthine tripped me up. <laughs> I feel like it was the most mundane ones. I'm excited that listeners will get a little more background on my illustrations. I got to talk about them with a little more context than you would get in just the written book form. So 
it's always wonderful as an artist to give a little background to why you make what you make and why you're excited about it and what were your motivations were. And I got to flesh that out a little bit in the audiobook recording. So especially because this is such a heavily illustrated book, I think that's a really special element. And it was kind of interesting for me to describe visually what was going on. That was sort of an interesting new relationship I have to my art now. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Frank Ocean. He's my favorite singer, and I think he has the most beautiful voice, and I'd love to listen to it all day. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. He has a really special voice. I loved listening to him read his memoir, and it's such a personal work, and it was so intimate to get to hear him tell this really, really beautiful story that really stuck with me. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the kitchen. I love listening to books while I cook. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. When I was 24, I was working at an oppressive law firm in Chicago. I had many jobs around that city in my early 20s, but this one, in all its seriousness, seemed more finite. After I had worked there only a few weeks, the days felt meaningless and unending, like I'd signed my life away to this job. My friend told me with compassion and exasperation, this isn't your whole life. This is a season in your life. In a couple years, we'll say, remember that weird time you worked at a law firm? She was right. It was a season. A brief, informative season that ended up having much more significance than I could have predicted. But I always forget to add it to my resume. This is Antonio Neves. What planted the seed for this book was one day when I found myself in an alley in Los Angeles smoking a cigarette while wearing a bright green gardening glove. And a guy came up to me, a homeless guy, and said, Yo, what's up with the green gardening glove? And I said, My wife doesn't know that I smoke, so I wear the glove so she won't smell it. And he looked at me with contempt and basically told me I had to figure my life out. And that's exactly what I had to do. I had reached a low in my life. But the irony was that on paper, everything was good. If you looked at the internet, my career, my profession, LinkedIn profile, everything was good. But my real story internally, things were no longer good. I was no longer as bold and courageous, as optimistic as I once was. And I knew I had to do something to reignite my enthusiasm for life, that I had to rediscover what made me great. And along the journey, I realized that there are so many men and women out there who, on paper, on their resume, on the LinkedIn profile, on Instagram, everything looks great. But inside, they're slowly wilting. And they have to make a decision if they're going to keep moving forward the way things are or if they're going to course correct. That homeless man telling me I had to figure my life out, for me, that was a moment that I made a decision to course correct my life. And the book came out of that seemingly innocent moment. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, That word would be surreal. And I say surreal because 
I listen to audio books nonstop. I travel nonstop with my work as a speaker and as a coach. And so whether I'm driving in my car in Los Angeles or in a rental car somewhere in the middle of the country, very rarely do I listen to music. I always listen to audio books. So to find myself in a studio recording an audio book, my audio book that someone else is going to listen to one day kind of freaked me out in a really, really cool way because I'm doing what I actually love. And so I'm excited about the prospect of some random person I'm driving by in the middle of Iowa when I'm on a business trip and thinking in my head, wow, they're listening to me read my audiobook, even though they could be listening to a punk rock radio station instead. Over the course of reading the book, I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word similarly. Like even right now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word correctly. Sim- simil- similarly? Similarly? I-, I-, I don't know. It got to the point where I changed it for the audio version from similarly to likewise because I could not say this word. I've been fortunate enough to meet so many amazing authors over the course of my life and you read the books, and they, they use this rich, beautiful language. And then you meet them in person, and you're like, you don't talk anything like you write with these big, amazing words. And I'm realizing also, even though I kind of talk like I write, there are a lot of words that show up in my writing that I, I don't say out loud on a regular basis. And those typically are the ones that trip me up. I'm most excited about it being me reading the book. I'm a professional speaker. I worked in the television industry for a really, really long time doing voiceovers and all that kind of fun stuff. And the idea of someone else reading my book, I mean, there are amazing narrators out there. I listen to audiobooks, so I know how talented and gifted these men and women are, but not my book. Uh Uh-uh. This is my book. (laughs) I will read my book. The moment when I said, this is the author, Antonio Neves, I was like high-fiving myself like, damn right, it's Antonio Neves. I'm reading my own book. If I wasn't going to record my audio book, I would go a whole other direction with who I would cast to read it. It's easy for me to say, oh, Denzel Washington would be great. Morgan Freeman would be great. Tom Hanks would be great. But you know what? No, they get enough work as it is. I would actually go a whole other direction. I would love to hear someone like Helen Mirren read my book. Why? Because you don't expect Helen Mirren to read my book. And she has this most amazing, ridiculous voice that I could listen to for hours. So Helen Mirren would be amazing. Another person I think would do an amazing job reading my book is Viola Davis. Again, her voice is like a nice hot cup of rooibos tea on a 53-degree day in the fall. It's just soothing. It makes you feel good inside. So Helen Mirren or Viola Davis would make me happy. And now, listen to a clip from Stop Living on Autopilot. It's in the quiet moments that our voice can speak to us the loudest. Although rarely is it what we want to hear. These are the moments when we awake before the sun rises and we're alone with our thoughts. It's when someone who knows us well asks a deep question, so deep that we can't immediately answer. 
And it's when we see ourselves in the mirror for what seems like the very first time. It's then that we tell ourselves a version of the same story. One day, I found myself in a completely different situation than I had imagined for myself. Out of the blue, my relationship was in shambles. Suddenly, I realized that I hated my job. Telling ourselves stories like these is far easier than accepting a painful and sobering truth. One day is actually a large collection of days. Out of the blue is seldom a surprise. And suddenly is rarely sudden. Hi, this is Emily Ratblack, author of Sanctuary. I wrote my book because I was irritated, which is usually how I start writing books. All of my books began when I felt like I couldn't find the book I wanted to read that would speak to what was happening in my life at that moment. People kept telling me I was resilient, like, so much. And I've always been labeled strong, brave, partly because I have a disability. I think that's why. I mean, there could be other reasons, but that's the one that I think is the most prevalent. And I was just like, that doesn't make sense to me. And then I had originally thought, like most people in their usage of the word, that it was just synonymous with strong, like grit and like this kind of emotional bootstrap myth. And then when I looked further into it, I realized it was much, much different in terms of its definition than the way in which it was being used. So that irritated me. So then I wrote the book because I thought I would have really liked to have this book while this was happening to me. And I think that's the role of books to provide, you know, solace for the troubled and to trouble the comfortable. So that inspired me. And also, of course, I was inspired by my editor, actually, Andrea Walker, who's a genius, because she said to me one day, I was talking about resilience, and I was like, what is up with this word? We both had just had babies. They were very little. And she said, I think there's something in there. And with that vote of confidence, because I basically will do whatever she tells me to do because she's always right, I just kept thinking about it, and then I couldn't really stop. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be aerobic. And I say that because I sweat like crazy while doing this, and it was work. It was legitimate work. I hadn't realized it would be quite the same as it has been, but I actually feel like I learned so much and I also have not read my book for two years. So that was also helpful to get reacquainted with the words. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. I'm not a pro and I'm not sure I'll ever do it again, but I'm really glad that I did this one because I felt really strongly that it should be me reading Ronan's death scene. That was really important to me and Charlie's birth scene. I realized I had trouble pronouncing Azur, which I think I've been saying Azur or something for my whole life. And apparently, no Polish city did I know how to pronounce. So, Łódź, I was calling Lodz, and I had to call my friend, who's Polish, to get the pronunciation, to just to ask her, like, how do you say these things? Also, the word particularly is hard to pronounce. And I'm going to stop writing that word, because I've said it so many times. <laughs> just like, each time I felt like I was chewing on my own tongue. I'm proud that I was able to do it at all, actually, 
I'm proud that I was able to read Ronan's death scene and actually feel something because so often I'm numb to the horror of it. I was proud to be able to talk about my grandparents, actually, who I'll never meet. And when I was reading it, I was surprised at how proud I was to have had them as ancestors, even if I never met them. I'm excited that listeners who are in the acknowledgments will get to hear their names. (laughs) Because I try really hard to remember everybody because only ever while recording this audiobook have I been a person sitting in a room by myself. So writing to me has always been collaborative, and I'm really grateful to those people, and I'm glad that I get to say their names. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Kate Winslet because I feel like she has such an amazing range in her voice in particular in terms of how she acts. So I would choose her. Kate, if you're out there. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was the one I'm actually in the middle of. It's Behold the Dreamers by Mbolo Mwe. The story itself is just really powerful. It's African immigrants on the verge of Obama's election and the sort of economic shutdown of the country. And I think it's so amazing to read a story and a novel where every main character is an African and speaks of Africa in a way that isn't like a white person talking about an African. I think it's an amazing book, and I think the narrator, his name is Prentice, is unbelievably good. So I would say that one is definitely one to listen to. I love listening to audiobooks while I drive. I feel like it makes commutes or cross-country trips kind of amazing and memorable, especially when you're driving through the Midwest, which I've done so many times in my life, and it's just flat. And the best experience I've ever had with an audiobook, actually, my dad and I drove across country. I don't even remember why. But we listened to The Portrait of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. And it was so funny because we'd stop at these gas stations and, like, run in and, like, run out just to see what would happen next. So I think the car is my favorite place. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Peering into the cavernous gorge was like encountering the impact of long-ago violence. Perhaps a prehistoric stomp from the gigantic foot of an angry, mythical animal on a murderous cross-country track. Feeling like a witness to some great destruction appealed to me. I stretched my arms farther and let them dangle, helped by gravity, until my fingertips began to tingle and until the noise and chatter of people walking past began to dissipate and then disappear. I was lost in the promise of this emptiness, the sound of it, which was the absence of sound, apart from a small rock loosening from the steep bank to tumble into the dry brush rolling down, 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 until it disappeared from view. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash nextlisten.